This is HPR episode 2347 entitled, An Intro to Apache Hadoop. It is hosted by JWP and is about 37 minutes long, and carries an explicit flag. The summary is just a pretty boring summary of what Hadoop is and how it works. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Good day. Uh, my name is JWP, and today I want to talk to you about Apache Hadoop. Hadoop. Hadoop is an open source Java based programming framework that supports processing and storage of extremely large data sets in a distributed computing environment. It is part of the Apache project. Uh, and is sponsored by the Apache Software Foundation. As a sidebar, um, the Apache Foundation is uh, is a host now. They they don't do just uh, the web server anymore. It's a uh, it's it's a, a a lot of things. Uh, they they host a lot of projects. Uh, uh, Open Office, for instance, is one of their projects in addition to the web server. So Hadoop is just one of the many things that uh, uh, that that take care of uh, that Apache takes care of. Okay, so as I said before, it's a it, it's an open source uh, Java-based framework. So just like all of the other languages, it it goes goes along. Okay, so it's a it's it's a done in a, a, a big data um, big data and so a lot of people don't understand what big data is and and big data is a term for data sets that are large or complex uh, that traditional data processing application software is inadequate to deal with them uh, challenges include capture storage um, analytics. Uh, information and privacy and things like this so it's just a really really big uh, data set uh, when uh, that, that you would have and with these data sets uh, they're using a map reduced programming model okay it consists of computer clusters built from commodity hardware and all the modules in Hadoop are designed with the fundamental assumption that hardware failures are common occurrences and should be automatically handled by the framework. So what is this map reduce uh, thing? It, it's a programming model and associated implementation for processing and generating big data sets with parallel distributed algorithm on a cluster. Uh, it's composed of a map uh, procedure 
that performs filtering uh, and, and performs the summary of the operation after it's done. Um, it's the MapReduce thing is, is is a really really large topic, but it's it's a uh, um, MapReduce was originally referred to as the primary uh, as, as a proprietary Google technology, but has been uh, let go in in, uh, uh, in 2014, and Google is no longer using MapReduce as their primary uh, big data. Uh, processing model. So it brings us to what is a clustered file system. And a clustered file system is a file system which is shared by simultaneously mounted on multiple servers. So it's just not like your PI down in the basement with your blog. It, it's, it's like uh, when I sell a Hadoop system, it literally has hundreds of nodes usually. Uh, and there's several approaches to clustering. Most of them uh, do not employ a cluster file system, uh, only a direct uh, attached system for each node. Cluster file systems can provide features like location-independent addressing, redundancy to improve reliability, or reduction in complexity of other parts of the cluster. Uh, parallel file systems are a type of cluster system that spread data across multiple nodes and are usually uh, for redundancy or performance. So the, the core of uh, Apache Hadoop consists of, uh, of the storage part known as the Hadoop Distributed File System or HDFS and a processing part which is MapReduce Programming Model. Hadoop splits the files into large blocks and distributes them across nodes in a cluster and tr transfers the package code to nodes to process the data in parallel. This approach takes advantage of data locicity and nodes manipulate the data they have access to. This allows the data set to be processed faster and more efficiently than it would have been in a more conventional supercomputer architecture that relies on a parallel file system where computation and data are distributed via high-speed networking. The, the base Apache Hadoop framework is composed of the following uh, modules. Uh, Hadoop Common, which contains the libraries and utilities needed by Hadoop and other Hadoop modules. Um, Hadoop Distributed File System, HDFS, a distributed file system that stores data on commodity machines providing a very high aggregate bandwidth across the cluster. Hadoop Yarn, which is a resource management platform responsible for managing computing nodes in clusters and using them for scheduling of users and users applications. And Hadoop MapReduce, an implementation of the MapReduce programming models for large scale data processing. The term Hadoop has come to refer not to just the base modules, but also the ecosystem or a collection of additional software packages that can be installed on top or alongside Hadoop, such as Apache Pig, Apache Hive, Apache HBase, Apache Phoenix, Apache Spark, Apache Zookeeper, Caldera Impala, Apache Flume, Apache Scroop, Apache Ozzy, and Apache Storm. Uh, Apache's MapReduce and HDA 
FS models were inspired by Google Papers on their MapReduce and Google File System. As I said before, the Hadoop framework itself is written in the Java programming language with some native code in C and the command line utilities written as shell scripts. Though MapReduce Java code is common, any programming language can be used uh, with Hadoop streaming to implement the map and reduce parts of the user's program. Other objects in Hadoop ecosystem expose richer user interfaces. So how did Hadoop come about? Well, the, the fundamental idea or the genesis of Hadoop came from the Google file system paper. Uh, this paper was published in 2003, and this paper uh, spawned another research paper from Google uh, called MapReduce, or Simplified Data Processing on Large Clusters. Development started in the Apache Nudge project, but was moved to the new Hadoop, pro uh, um, Hadoop subproject in January 2006 um, by a guy named Dave Cutting, who was working at Yahoo at the time. It's named after his son's toy elephant, and the initial code was factored out of uh, Nutch, that's N-U-T-C-H, and was clustered uh, and consisted of 5,000 lines of code for HDFS and 6,000 lines of code for MapReduce. Its first committer added Hadoop project was uh, a guy named Owen O'Malley in uh, 2006, and Hadoop 0.10 was released in April 2006 and continues, and continues to evolve by many contributors in the Hadoop project. So started in 2003, became a, a thing in 2006, um, and um, it, the first one did 1.8 terabytes, so on 188 nodes, and it took 47.9 hours. Trust me, they're much, much bigger now. Right? Uh, I saw whole racks of these things, and it's, it's really, really good. And uh, the first milestone was in um, really uh, 2008. Yahoo uh, did a 10,000 core Hadoop cluster. Uh, that's, that's really small by today's standards. Uh, um, and uh, Hadoop does these uh, summits uh, uh, in, in uh, uh, every year every year and it seems to grow uh, 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 2013 they had 2700 and uh, 14 they had uh, 3200 and uh, uh, the wiki doesn't say how big it is but my company sent me to an open uh, source uh, Hadoop high-performance computing thing and we've talked about this for days uh, really Okay, all right, so let's talk a little bit about the architecture. So Hadoop consists of the common Hadoop package. Uh, this provides a file system and OS level abstractions, a MapReduce engine, either MapReduce MR1 or Yarn slash MR2, and the Hadoop distributed file system, uh, so uh, um, HDFS. The Hadoop common, uh, uh, common package contains the Java archive or JAR files and scripts needed to start Hadoop. Okay, and then for effective scheduling, uh, uh, for effective scheduling of work, every Hadoop 
um, compatible file systems should have uh, should provide location awareness. The name of the rack, more precisely, of the of the network switch where the node is. Hadoop applications can use this information to execute code on the node where the data is, and failing that on the same switch or rack to reduce backbone traffic. HDFS uses this method when replicating data for redundancy across multiple racks. This approach reduces the impact of a rack power outage or switch failure. If one of these failures occurs, the data will remain available. Now that's something that, you know, me as a as a SAP person or mission critical person always likes is that the data is always available. So if a node breaks, if a PDU breaks on the back of the rack, it's always there with Hadoop, right? Okay, and a, a, a small Hadoop cluster, it includes a single master and multiple worker nodes. The master node consists of a job tracker, task tracker, name node, and data node. Okay, uh, a slave or worker nodes acts as a data node and task tracker, though it's possible to have a data-only worker nodes and compute-only worker nodes. These are normally used only in non-standard applications. Hadoop requires a Java runtime environment, JRE 1.6 or higher, and the standard um, um, startup and shutdown scripts require secure shell SSH uh, to be set up between the nodes in a cluster. In a larger cluster, HDFS nodes are managed through a dedicated name node server to host the file system index and a secondary node name server that generates uh, snapshots of the node name's memory structures, thereby preventing the file system uh, corruption and data loss. Similarly, a standalone job tracker uh, server can manage job scheduling across nodes when MapReduce is used, an alternative file system name node, secondary name node, and data node architecture of FDS are replaced with uh, file system equivalents. And while that's a lot of words, if you if you look at the wiki, um, the MapReduce layer has like a dotted line, and there's a task tracker, a job tracker, and a task tracker, and underneath the HDFS layer has the name node, the data node, and, and two data nodes. So this is a multi-node cluster. So a, the MapReduce layer has the task tracker, job tracker, and task tracker on the slave. So the master has the task tracker and job tracker, and the slave has the task tracker on the map layer. And the FDS layer that has a name node and a data node and following data nodes. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about the Hadoop Distributed File System, or HDFS. Um, okay, it's distributed, scalable, and portable file system written in Java for the Hadoop framework. Some consider HDFS to uh, instead to be a data store uh, due to its lack of POSIX compliance and inability to be managed. But it does provide Shell's command and a Java API methods that are similar to other file systems. So it's it's a you know it's it's really is a I think it really is a file system. It's good because it's not POSIX. I, I don't 
You know, we have to live in a we have to live in a new world. Okay, um, I took a break. I had to get some water. I don't normally talk on these podcasts for longer for this long. Um, so again, the Hadoop cluster has a, a nominally a single name node plus a cluster of data nodes. And although redundancy options are available for the name node due to its crit- critical nature, each data node serves uh, blocks of data over the network using a block protocol specific to HDFS. The file system uses TCP IP sockets for communication, and the clients use a remote procedure call, RPC, to communicate with each other. HDFS stores large files. They typically are in the range of gigabytes to terabytes across multiple machines. Again, it achieves reliability by replicating the data across multiple hosts and hence theoretically does not require RAID storage on hosts but to increase performance some RAID configurations might be useful. With default replication value 3 data is stored on three nodes, two on the same rack and one on a different rack. If the data nodes can talk to each other to rebalance data, to move copies around, and to keep replication of data high. FDS is not fully POSI compliant because the requirements for a POSIX file system differ from the target goals for Hadoop application. The trade-off of not having a fully POSI compliant file system is increased performance for data throughput and support for non-POSIX operations such as append. So, because it's open source, things change, and and in May of 2012, HDFS added the high availability capacities and announced that there was, uh, uh, they were going to let the main meta server, or the name node, fail over manually to a backup. Uh, they also started in 2012 a, 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 a project dedicated to automatic automatic failover. So in 2012 it was a a, a manual process uh, manual process. The HDFS file system includes a so-called secondary name node, a misleading name that incorrectly interprets as a backup node for when the primary name node goes offline. In fact the secondary name uh, node regularly connects with the primary node and build snapshots of the primary node's directory information, which the file system saves to local or remote directories. These checkpointed images can be used to to restart a failed primary node without having to replay the entire journal of file system actions and then edit the log to create an update directory. Because the name node is a single uh, point for storage and management of metadata, it can become a bottleneck for supporting a huge number of files, especially large, a large number of small files. So HDFS uh, Federation, a new addition, uh, which is a new addition, aims to 
take tackle this problem in a certain extent by allowing multiple namespaces served by separate name nodes. Moreover, there are some issues in FDSS, namely the small file issue scalability problem and several single points of failure uh, and bottleneck uh, in, the in a huge meta metadata request. The advantage of using the HDFS is data awareness between the job tracker and task tracker. The job tracker schedules uh, map or reduces jobs to task tra trackers with an awareness of the data location. For example, node A contains data XYZ, node B contains B, A, B, C. Job tracker schedules B node to perform the map or reduce a task on A, B, C node, and node A would schedule to perform map or reduce task on X, Y, Z. This reduces the amount of traffic that goes over the network and prevents unnecessary data transfer. When Hadoop is used with other file systems, this advantage is not always available. This advantage can have a significant impact on job complete completion times, which has been demonstrated when running data-intensive jobs. Okay, and this is the reason that HDFS isn't a good thing for like an Oracle database or an MSSQL database or a MariaDB or something like this is because FDSS was designed for mostly immutable files and it may not be suitable for file systems requiring concurrent write operations. While FDS can be mounted directly with a file system in user space or what we would call Fuse virtual file system on Linux and some Unix systems. This file access can be a, can be achieved through native Java application programming interface, the Thrift API to generate client in the language of the user's choosing, either C++, Java, Python, PHP, Ruby, Erlang, Perl, Haskell, C, uh, C pound sign, Coca, SmartTalk, and Okami. The command line interface uh, browsed through the HDFS UI web application, web app over HTTP or over third-party uh, client libraries. Okay, so FDSS is designed for portability across various hardware platforms and compatibility with a variety of underlying operating systems. The HDFS design introduces portability limitations that result in some performance bottlenecks. Since Java implementation can't use features that are exclusive to the platform on which FDS is running. Due to its widespread integration to enterprise level infrastructures, monitoring HDFS performance at scale has become increasingly important issue. Monitoring end-to-end -end performance requires tracking metrics from data nodes, name nodes, and underlying operating systems. There are currently several monitoring platforms to track HDFS performance, including Hortonworks, Cloudera, and Datadog. Now, all of these companies were at this, this conference that I went to, and each of them is pretty interesting, uh, and I'll probably do a separate talk probably shorter than the 20 minutes that I'm talking about this now. And it's it's really boring, the thing. But it, what, what I found was that, that 
that your data never dies. You can, for instance, do this project on a, a you know six six uh, Raspberry Pi things, and and you have data that never dies. It just goes on forever. Um, it's easy to replicate across a lot of geographies, um, and yeah, you don't. You, while latency is an issue, it's it's it it can it can deal with uh, latency latency problems. It, it checks itself. So, as we said before, uh, Hadoop uh, works directly with any distributed file system. So ZFS, um, any 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 system that you can think of. Uh, but it in in. It says that it can be uh, uh, work with any distributed file system that can be mounted by the underlying operating system simply by using file colon slash slash URL. However, this comes at a price, the loss of locality. To reduce network traffic, Hadoop needs to know which servers are closest to the data. And this information that is a, that is critical to the Hadoop Specific file system uh, bridges that it provides, and so and so if you do try to use another distributed file system, you lose that locality. So if you have a, a far-ranging Hadoop cluster, it will go, leave the rack. It'll go down the street. It'll do whatever it, it wants to do, and which sort of defeats the the, the purpose. Um, in May 2011, the list of supported file systems bundled with Hadoop were HDFS, Hadoop's own rack-aware file system. So that that was what was key to me is that it's it's rack-aware. It stays inside the rack. You don't have to worry about you know, network interfaces, uh, how thick your cable is, how far this is. It 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 knows to stay in the rack. Um, and this was designed to scale petabytes of storage that run on top of the file systems of the underlying operating systems. Okay, and of course it has FTP. This stores all of its data on remotely accessible FTP servers. It works with Amazon S3. Uh, this targets uh, clusters hosted on the Amazon Elastic Compute Cloud for server-on-demand infrastructure. Okay, now there's no rack awareness on this, so that that's key. It's all remote. And so it's it's not rack aware there, okay. It also works on Windows Azure storage blobs or the WSSB. Um, there are a number of third-party uh, file bridges that have also been written, none of which uh, none of which are currently in Hadoop distributions. However, some commercial distributions of Hadoop ship with um, an alternative file system, uh, specifically IBM and and MapR, uh, and so. Um, so the um, IBM, as everyone knows, has a proprietary uh, a GPRFS or IBM General Parallel File System, um, and the uh, Periscale was published to run uh, with Hadoop in 2010. And uh, um, another one is Apastry. Um, I, I, in 2010, HP also discussed uh, uh, using their iBricks. Uh, uh, Fusion file system driver, and in May 2011, MapR Technologies um, announced their MapRFS, which which is relatively popular 
uh, in the system. Okay, so we talked about the bottom half of what Hadoop is, the, the file system, and the different things. Now let's talk about what goes above, and that's the MapReduce engine. Okay, and as I said, it comes above the file system. Um, it consists of a job tracker to which client applications submit MapReduce jobs. The job tracker pushes the work out to available task tracker nodes in the cluster, striving to keep the work as close as possible to the data. Okay, so like if you have, uh, for instance, an HP uh, DL380 or an HP uh, Apollo 4000 system, it tries to keep it in that node to where it doesn't have to leave the node. Um, okay, um, the job tracker knows which nodes contain the data and which other machines are nearby. If the work cannot be hosted on the actual node where the data resides, priority is given to nodes in the same rack. This reduces network traffic on the main network backbone. And this is key. This is the main setback of this. If the task tracker fails or times out, that part of the job is rescheduled. So it can move. The task tracker on each node spawns a a separate Java virtual machine process to prevent the task tracker itself from failing if a running job crashes in its JVM. A heartbeat is sent from the task tracker to the job tracker every few minutes to check the status. The job tracker and task tracker status and information is exposed by Jetty and can be viewed from a web browser. And it's very simple. I did it. I didn't have any hands on before. There are some there are some known limitations uh, to this approach, and the first of which is the allocation of work to task trackers is very simple. Every task tracker has a number of available slots, such as four slots, and every active map or reduced task takes up one slot. The job tracker allocates the work to the tracker at the nearest to the data with the, an available slot. There is no consideration of the current system load of the allocated machine, hence its actual availability. If one task tracker is very slow, it can delay the entire MapReduce job, especially towards the end of a job where everything can end up waiting on the slowest task. With the speculative execution enabled, however, a single task can be executed on multiple slave nodes. Okay, let's talk about scheduling. By default, Hadoop uses FIFO scheduling and optionally five scheduling priorities to schedule jobs from the work queue. In version point 19, the job scheduler was refactored out of the job tractor while scheduling availability to use an alternate scheduler such as the fare scheduler or capacity scheduler um, which I'll talk about later. Okay, as an example of great the greatness of open source, there was this thing called Fair Scheduler, uh, which can be used by Hadoop. The Fair Scheduler was developed by all people, Facebook, and they shared it. So, the, uh, so it just goes to show you the greatness of open source. 
So the goal of fair scheduled alert is to provide uh, fast response times for small jobs and QoS for production jobs. The fair scheduler has three basic concepts. Jobs are grouped into pools. Each pool is assigned a guaranteed minimum share and excess capacity is split between jobs. By default, jobs in the fair scheduler are, uncategor are uncategorized, go into a default pool. Pools have to specify the minimum number of map slots, reduce slots, and limit the number of running jobs. Okay, the next one is called Capacity Scheduler, and it was invented by Yahoo. And the Capacity Scheduler supports several features that are similar to the Fair Scheduler. Uh, queues are allocated a fraction of the total resource capacity. Free resources are allocated to queues beyond the total capacity. And within the job queue, with a high level of priority has access to the queue's resources. There is no per, per, permit, permission, per, permission job scheduling. Okay, so let's talk about other applications. Okay, because it's all open source, uh, lots of people have come up with other things for this HDFS file system. And it's, it's just not for MapReduce jobs. It can be used with other things, uh, which are on development at uh, Apache. Uh, this includes H, the H database, uh, the Apache Mahat, Mahat machine learning system, uh, Apache uh, Hive data warehouse system. Now, that that's if you really want to scare some people with uh, talking about big data and taking money away from like huge companies like SAP, start talking about the high data warehouse that's that's free from Apache. Hadoop in theory can uh, be used for any sort of work that is batch oriented rather than real time. It is very data intensive and benefits from parallel uh, processing of data. It can be used to complement real time systems such as the land Lambda architecture, Apache Storm, Link, and Spark streaming. As of October 2009, commercial applications of Hadoop include log and our check stream analysis of various kinds, marketing analytics, machine learning, and or sophisticated data mining, image processing, processing of XML images, web crawling and text processing, and general archiving, of rational or tubular data for compliance. Okay, so probably the most prominent use case was in 2008, Yahoo launched what it claimed was the largest Hadoop production application. Uh, the Yahoo web search uh, web map is a Hadoop application that runs on a, list, on a Linux cluster with more than 10,000 cores and produced data that was used in every Yahoo search query. Uh, there are multiple Hadoop um, clusters at Yahoo, and no HDFS file systems or match reduced jobs are split across multiple data centers. Every Hadoop cluster node bootstraps a Linux image, including the Hadoop distribution. Work that the clusters perform is known to include the index calculations for the Yahoo search engine. In June 2009, Yahoo made the source code of the Hadoop version it runs available to the public 
via the open source community. In 2010, Facebook claimed that it had the largest Hadoop cluster in the world with 21 petabytes of storage. In June 2012, they announced the data had grown to 100 petabytes. Later, they announced uh, they were growing by half a petabyte a day. In 2013, Hadoop began had become widespread, and half of the Fortune 50 use Hadoop. I'm telling you, a lot of people use Hadoop now. Okay, uh, Hadoop hosting in the cloud. Uh, you can do it um, uh, with uh, Azure um, and uh, with uh, something called the Azure HD Insight. Uh, HD Insight uses uh, Norton Works HPD, which will be covered in a separate show. Uh, you can use uh, Amazon EC2 or S3 services. Uh, you can use the Amazon Elastic Map Reduce as well. Um, you, something called the Century League Cloud offers Hadoop via managed and unmanaged model via their Hadoop offering. Uh, you can use it at Google. Uh, so you can use the Google Cloud Platform. Uh, and uh, um, there are plenty of uh, third party which use the, the Google uh, Cloud Platform. Um, and it's Caldera, Hartonworks, and MapR are all um, used there. And uh, you can use something called Google Cloud Dataproc if you want. And uh, um, there's a whole plethora of information on the wiki about different sources and stuff. But this is the way that it's going. I mean, you've got a company like uh, Facebook that's got 100 petabytes or more of data. You know, and and they have to figure out a way to to source it uh, and, and such things. All right, well, this is a the first of an installment about Hadoop and where it's going, and eventually I think I'll I'll run it over to a product called SAP Vora, uh, which be which I actually can make make money with. Uh, but it it I hope that uh, you, you can also try this Hadoop. Uh, on your your pies or your your zeros, uh, uh, this this is this is open source and you can play. Uh, so I know several people that listen in the Hacker Public Radio community that have a plethora of Raspberry Pi devices. So just go ahead and make your own Hadoop uh, cluster uh, with with the Pi. All right, uh, this is JWP. Uh, Y'all have a great day. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.